Welcome to Laughter for All. It's the podcast with comedian Nazareth. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another Laughter for All podcast. I'm comedian Nazareth, and it's Monday, and it's almost October is over. I don't know where the year has gone, but, uh, you know, I am thankful. It is, what have I done this week? Let's see. Uh, this last week, I was home Saturday, and then uh, Friday, you know, I went to a banquet for medical doctors. It smelled like Novocaine and all that, so they were raising funds for building hospitals in the Middle East, so I was there. And uh, Sunday, uh, of course, my kids were home, so this is neat when you have your all your kids at home. It just, I don't know, this is something when, you're, when you first get married or you start having kids, you don't think about that one day... They're going to leave the house. They're going to go to college. And then when they come home all together at the same time, it's like, yeah. And then five minutes later, you're like, shut up, kids. Go to your room. No, uh, it just, <laughs> it's like bad milk after five minutes. You remember? Oh, yeah, I remember. Well, anyway, so we had, then we had to drop our daughter, Carol, to, to her UCLA. And this morning we get up to find out that there was a, a fire uh near near UCLA it was uh, called the Getty Fire the Getty Museum is in up there and it's in Brentwood and it's a it's a very nice area but uh fire's fire as i said earlier and a different uh, live podcast uh, not podcast but live thing is you know what fire's fire you lose your home doesn't matter if your home is worth 100,000 or 14 million like the big mansion that was that was burned but uh, pray for the firefighters pray for the people who had to be evacuated and just pray for uh, for fires in California it's really get, it's they said this is going to be the worst year ever so I don't know. So, uh, also, uh, you guys know that Laughter for All Bel Air, Los Angeles, is coming up this Saturday, and we're going to have it at Bel Air Church, Bel Air Press, in, uh, off Maholland Drive in Los Angeles, which at this point, is, the road is closed because of the fire and the building is evacuated. So, pray for that. Everything will go smooth, that the fire will be gone so we can have uh, we can have a wonderful time. Uh, let's see what's in the news now. Baghdadi, the ISIS leader, has been uh, killed by U.S. forces. So that's a good day when those evil people, this ISIS, really, really scared the whole Middle East for a long time. And so, so you know what? Your sin will find you out. You will be. No one is going to get away with that garbage and not be taken care of. So anyway, God bless America. And uh, what else in the news? Uh, oh, I don't care about the news right now because I have a guest here. And uh, he's very, very special guest to me because he's my son. So I gave birth to him. Well, I didn't. His mom. I was present through the whole process. And uh, he is a He's a movie director, he's a comedian, he's been coming up on stage at Laughter for All and just killing it, doing great, so let's welcome the show. John, welcome. How are you? There's, I love the audience. So. I know, it's to great. fit that many people in this, in this moment, studio. That's what I call a miracle from the Lord, but uh, yeah, they're actually literally here, those people. But you know what, I have to say, you're the only, the only guest I have that I've seen naked. You met me. When you were born. Yeah. First time I met you, you were naked and crying and had to snatch your umbilical cord. You didn't cut it? He, I don't want to carry a sharp object in front of you so you don't get, like, because we don't want you to, to play with sharp object or run with it. So I just kind of snagged it. I should have kept it because mom just, oh, she's always worried about you. Like, oh, John, <laughs> what is John doing? I wonder what is he doing. So maybe yeah, I, I stayed connected. So, yeah. So welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm happy to be here. Okay. I'm sorry you ran out of guests and had to get me to come on. No, I was saving you. I have a lot of guests who want to be on the show. Thanks a lot. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. You're the <laughs> I'm the backup plan. Four more shows and then I'll have your mom, your sisters, and then, you know, you know, a landscaping guy said he would. Really? Uh, yeah, but we have to have a translator because he... He just he he told me he wants a translator because he Got doesn't it. understand my English. Yeah, yeah. No, your I mean accent, he's a perfect. He's from Britain. It's, you know what's crazy? Your accent, I cannot hear it. 
but everyone else can't. Like, because you got used to it. I got so used to it. Like when I hear when people say I like your dad's accent, I go, I don't hear an accent at all. Well, instead of saying that, just give him my email. <laughs> I want I want my fans to know. No, you know what? I I've always I could have lost my accent because what you know when I was doing acting. Yeah, I mean, thirty years. You got no, 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 no. <laughs> There were classes in Hollywood that I, I, I told my acting instructor at the time, Lonnie Stevens, who is with the Lord right now. And I told him, I said, um, I'm going to take classes to lose my accent. He goes, don't. Cause people right. in this country will listen to you if you have an accent. Especially now. Yes. They will listen to you. You know, baby. Cause, Cause they're trying to hear what you're they're saying. They're trying before. to hear. Yeah. That's why British actors like are so good because they, they can be terrible actors, but when they speak, in English to American audiences, like people listen to what they have to say. That's true. That's true. So that's why, that's why I kept the accent, and it's uh, it, it, it served me well. I mean, but uh, you don't have an accent. No, I don't. Does any anybody ever told you you have an accent? No. No. There's some words that I mess up, and I know it's because of you guys. Oh, you're welcome. Like, like one more I, thing to like blame for us the, for. For the longest time, I would always say uncomfortable. Yes, I, and that's because mom would always say uncomfortable, and people would all say it's uncomfortable. And we'll I'd be say. like, "Well, I'm uncomfortable. You telling me that I'm saying it wrong." <laughs> so uh, you okay? You are my only boy. I have three girls. Uh, three two, girls. Yeah, mom <laughs> and two oh. girls. And then at one point we had my mom and uh, my Maha's mom with yeah. us. Estrogen so, was I mean, estrogen, I, I used to have to warn him, you know, remember you'd be coming home, I go, John, stay out the house, the estrogen levels are too high for you yeah. to enter the house, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the garage if you need anything, but uh, yeah. It's helped though, it's helped me talk to girls, like I'm never nervous talking to girls. See, that's because good. I'm always with, I was raised with women. But I didn't see. I had three boys. Uh, we were three boys, me and brother. So I was, I was. Unco- I'm still uncomfortable talking to your mother. No, <laughs> uncomfortable. Uncomfortable talking to your mother. But uh, no, it's different when you raise with da- with sisters because they can help you. Like sometimes Carol would tell you, you know, hey, you need to wear this or or she. Yeah, yeah. She steals my clothes though. Yeah. Like shirts, and she cuts them up and wears them, and they look better than they ever could on me. But then I've never had nail marks on my face when I fought with my siblings. You're right. <laughs> You're right. That's it. So let's see. You know, I personally knew since you were seven mm-hmm. that you were going to be a movie director. I knew that because when when your relatives come over, the kids, instead of going outside to play, you would take them to the room, put put uh, costumes on them, mm-hmm. bring them down, uh you know, block them and where which scenes they're going to be and where they stand. And you get the camera and you start making a, a movie out of that, out yeah. of that. And that's, I knew right away. So when you finished high school, you were automatically, we automatically knew like, okay, what is John going to do? Mm-hmm. We knew you are going to go into movie yeah. directing. So what I got lucky with it. Cause there's a lot of kids, like not kids, college students around me who are like undeclared. Like, these people are at their point. Well, it's not too late, but, like, they don't know what they want to do with their lives. And I've, like, I've known always right. what I've wanted to do. And, but at, in this journey, like, I'm finding out that I don't just want to do film. Like, I want to do other things, like comedy mm. and, like, music, maybe. And, like, because I don't, I don't want to just stick. Because it's hard to make it into the Hollywood, like, business. Mm. You, gotta, you need to find something that gets you a platform and then move into movie making. Right. And that's, uh, it's funny because a lot of people, when I was doing acting too back then, a lot of actors were doing comedy just so they can get into the business. Mm-hmm. They weren't really serious. And, and it really bothered me because I, I'm a purist comedian. That's what I want to do. I want to do stand up. I, I know exactly what I want to do. I never wanted to do stand up to get to something else. But that was actually, you're right. That's a platform. Uh, for you, so and then and then I know you. You know, for in high school you did some sports and uh, I paid a lot of uh, money, and it didn't work. It's I knew of your it was jeans. It, what? It's because of your jeans. You're not athletic. I'm not athletic. Well, I used to do a lot of sports. You but did I marathons. Was, I'll give you that. I could never do a marathon. I ran two. I marath- can't. I can't run 27 miles without checking my phone. Well, back then we. <laughs> <laughs> back then you pager. Could've. 
You know, it's it's not that. When I was like, I started bodybuilding when I was 19, and then I started, I was playing tennis and sports and skateboard. I was very active because there was nothing else to do in Kuwait where I grew up. And then you stopped when I was born. Like, I've never seen you water ski in my life. And you would talk about how you water ski all, yes, all I, the time. Yeah, because you guys are expensive. It's expensive. To, I mean, running around after you and your sister was enough exercise for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you finished high school. In high school, you made a movie, mm-hmm. and it won the film it festival the at film. the school. The only film festival. At our first film festival. That was the first film festival at San Diego High School, and to me, that was amazing because um, I remember when you were doing sports, and we would. You, what was your position in football? See, you don't even remember. That just shows that <laughs> wide receiver. No, you were left, left bench. bench. <laughs> you were left bench. That was your position. And, you know, you'd sit, and I, I remember me and your mom, we, you didn't see us because we would be screaming at the coach not to put you in the field. Yeah. Like, don't, don't. He's going to get oh, hurt. Oh, that's why I wasn't in. Yes. I was paying the coach not to let you play because mm-hmm. mom didn't want you to get hurt and injured and all yeah. that. So when we went to the award one time, remember, and you were like, everybody was getting awards and you're sitting and I'm like feeling so bad. No, I you. won an award that night. I won the highest GPA. The highest GPA. I had time to do my homework on yeah. the bench. Yeah, but see, you're not a nerd and you won that. I know. You were never a nerd, but you had good scores. You were In high. your eyes, I was never a nerd. Some people. Well, really? <laughs> Have you been bullied at school? Probably. You don't Maybe. Know. I remember. I, no, I remember. I remember junior high was bad, but high school was high school was great the last year. Like, I felt like I had a solid group of friends. Uh-huh. But, like, growing up, like, it wasn't bullying. It was more like, it was more like being alone. Like, I didn't, I, ne- I didn't go to any, like, gatherings until senior year. Like, I would just stay at home and, like, play game, video games and stuff. Is that what you wanted or you weren't invited? Oh, no, I'm, I, I wasn't invited, but I'm, I didn't want to just stay at home. Like, I'm super extroverted. Like, I love hanging out with people. Right. I, I didn't know this was going to turn into an episode of Dr. Phil. Yes, but why didn't you tell me back then? You know, I could have I could have made up some party. Like, hey, guys, go start a party and invite them. Cause <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not the, how it works. I know. <laughs> no but parent. Every you, father you would have... You could have paid them. Yes. Every father, and this is a problem. One day you'll be a dad. Every father will do anything to make sure his kids get, you know... You know, have a good life. Of course. Yeah. And you did. And I, I, how was it? Was I good then? You were good. You were almost too good. Like I know you the way you like grew up, where like you do not take no for an answer. So you would hate to say no to us. Right. Like you would always say yes on everything. And I guess it's a good and a bad thing in a way. I'm sorry about that marijuana thing. What marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> you said you said can I have this dad and I couldn't say no. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, that's on our topics of what not to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> that's right. We just broke the What rule. other topics we can talk Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no, you know what? I've always... I didn't want to say no. I'll tell you why. And this is... This is... A, guys, uh, the reason I have John on the show is I wanted... I could not talk to him for a whole hour ever. He's always on his phone yeah, on the computer. I only or, say yes when other people are going to be listening. Right. And I hope there's callers, because I don't think I can do a whole hour just talking to you. Well, let me tell you. I, this hour is about me telling you. <laughs> this is an intervention. An intervention, because I wanted to talk to you for that long, and you never had the time or listened to me. So I don't want to text. I'm talking to you. I, I'll tell you what happened, and I completely forgot what what I was going to tell you about. But We were talking about filmmaking in high school, and then we went into bullying. The bullying, and then no, no, we were talking about the way the way I raised you. The reason I didn't say no much to you or your sister mm-hmm. is because I felt, and any any father who can second this can call me, uh, call us on is, I felt guilty because sometimes I was gone, because I have mm. to tour, I have to do shows. Mm-hmm. But even did you ever feel like I was I was gone a lot or I wasn't there for I you? I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. You would travel a lot, but it just became a normal thing because mm-hmm. when you weren't here and when you were here, you were here too much. Okay. Like you made up for it by the times you were cuz you work at home and like 
I I all I can always see you. And I don't golf. I don't play sports. I don't. I mean, when I was home, I was home. And I remember one day, and I'm going to make you feel guilty because one day I was in Arizona and you were in uh, kindergarten. Yeah, kindergarten. And they have Daddy Donut Day. Do- Father's. Daddy Donut Day. Daddy Donut Day. <laughs> and you were you were sad at the Daddy time. Daddy Donut Day. That's a great title. Yeah, and you you were sad at the time because you told me I wish Daddy was gonna be there with yeah. me. I just want to, for the record, I've never called you Daddy. Yeah. I've only called you Dad. Uh-huh. I made a book that's called You're So Funny, Daddy. Yeah. I have never said that in my life. I've said You're So Funny, but I never said Daddy. But you were uncomfortable. I was about uncomfortable it. about so, it. So Dad, Daddy is good. So anyway, uh, no. But yeah, at the time, I remember I finished my show and I had to, like, at 10 at night, and I, my flight was leaving in the morning. There's no way I could get a flight and be there at 7 in the morning for your for your donut day. So what I did is I checked out of the hotel. I canceled my flight, and I drove six hours, mm-hmm. and I was and there for the me daddy the donut. And I did something I would never tell Mrs. Powers was your teacher. I think that, I don't remember the Yeah, she was oh, Mrs. Yeah. Powers and she, I was so sleepy and tired and she had a Starbucks and I waited for her to turn around and I jugged maybe one third of it <laughs> till this day. She doesn't know that, but, but I needed the caffeine. But that's what I mean. I was always there when I, I was, can. I was bummed that you came though because I wanted to tell everyone I had a single mom and like you know, <laughs> 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 But you were there, it was good. Weddings, when you... Like the only time I notice that you're gone a lot is uh-huh. when we were at weddings. Oh, sorry, yeah. when we're at weddings, right? With without you, I'll and, tell you and what. some other dad is fixing my tie and everything. Oh, <laughs> shut up! Don't do that. That's painful. You know, can just, we can we I remove that? I just wished I had a dad at that moment. Oh, that's the only benefit I wanted from a dad. <laughs> Michael, from this podcast, to make you feel guilty, but you just, you're winning. You just got to teach me how to tie a tie. You don't have to have another man on my neck. I tied it before I left. All you had to do was <laughs> pull the second back thing. So who was that father? I, do we have to name him? Was he better than me? No. Okay. Oh. And tie. <laughs> yeah, he's probably a bad parent. He probably no, is, is, you know. He's not a bad parent. He probably horrible dad. He just knew how to do ties. You're right. My ties or something. We'll throw them <laughs> under the bus. Okay. But anyway, so hey that's guys, why. Hey, guys, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I don't think your microphone is working correctly, John. Oh. Would you mind just the one right next to you Got pulling it. that one over towards you? That's our uh, producer and engineer. They haven't been hearing me the whole time? Shank. No, no, they have, but it's. It sounded it's like weird. you're inside the a room. Oh. Shoot, yeah, I can hear that. In Let's my start over. My guest today is <laughs> my son, John Riscala. Is that better? No. No? Let me. Fix the... Okay, I'm we're sorry, having technical guys. difficulties. That, that sounds better. Yeah, yeah, that does sound better. That sounds better. You sound better? I just raised it up. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Is that sorry good? Yeah, that. that's okay. perfect. Thank oh, you, guys. I keep hitting the table. I'm sorry. No problem. It's just... Uh, so, we go back to this strange... In strange father, a strange fiction. father. You went to go out for cigarettes, never came. Back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why. Back to my question, and I, that's why I never, ever, I tried not to say it. I ever tried not to say no, mm-hmm. uh, because I was, uh, I didn't. You know, sometimes I felt that guilt that okay, I've been gone. That's why I would come home and buy you toys. Like, yeah, I can have a toy. I'm going, yeah, and your mom would be screaming. Don't do that. You can't do that. I'm like, I feel bad. I need to. So anyway, I'm responsible for if you ever backslide or you have problems in your future, <laughs> it's my fault. But so then you can I get away with it. Yeah. So back to the story. So you you had a move. Uh, so when you when you when we were at these awards, I wasn't. I was like, oh no. And then I told you, I said, John, one day you will you will get an award for what you love to do best. And at the time, they didn't have an award, but the school decided to do a film festi- mm-hmm. festival the last year that we were there, and your film won that award. Best film. And best film. And then you mo- you went to Biola University, mm-hmm. you know. It's not a, by choice. Not by choice, because... And you said something the other day, it's like you were graduating, and you, I think we shared it. Did we... Did we play the the segment on John? It's fine. Uh, okay, we'll play it at the end. But this is what happened: is you were saying something. Okay, we'll save it for the thing. What do you think, Chris? Did I make a good decision sending you to a Christian college? Yeah, for sure. 
You no, you made a good decision. Not a Christian college. You, you sent me to Biola, and Biola is at a point where their film school is growing, and like getting so much better. And like, I I'd rather be a big fish in a small pond than a small fish in a big pond like USC, where I'm just a number. Mm. Where like, I'm not no no dirt on any USC student. But Biola was a place where I was helping. You could help the school grow. The better your films were, the better the school would look, and everything.、Mm. So、uh, I remember the second time you were there, you、uh, second year I think, when you wrote、uh, what do you call it? They were they were trying to pick the Biola film for the. Tell me about yeah, it and what、year. happened. How many people applied? So we had. So every semester they have a class where they offer a film to、uh, some lucky student who pitches,、mm-hmm. and、um, lucky I wouldn't say lucky, but right, anyway, lucky. it's a Christian college. Yeah, there's no luck. Blessed by God. <laughs> That's a good. And so we had four finalists, and we went in. We pitched. He liked our script. We got chosen. That was the most stressful like week of my life. We pitched our script, and he chose mine, and I won. And I got to make the film. They gave us seven grand to make the film,、mm-hmm. and we made it off of seven grand. And tell me about the film. It's called Mallory. Tell me, tell us about it because it's very interesting、uh, to today. Tell me about. You've it. explained it on the podcast before, though. Not, I, not, not, not the way. I. You're the director. You explain.、Right. You wrote it. The way you did it was great, though. It was. It was.、Um, I can explain it again if you want me to. No, I'll say it quick. Yes. It's about this guy who works for the NSA. He's a surveillance man. And he watches people through their webcams. He falls in love with a girl named Mallory and becomes like obsessed with her life, to where it's all he's doing. He's spending his whole days just watching her. He's buying her pizza, all this stuff. And he's forced to have to, when she puts tape on her webcam, he's forced to have to、um, go to her apartment and rip off the tape. But then he sees her there, and、um, he could say something, but he doesn't. And he decides that he'd rather watch her on the webcam. That was the fastest version, right? And that, that story, and that, yeah. To explain it better, some people are so satisfied with a social media relationship, friendship. Even though Mallory never knew him, never heard of him, and when she saw him for the first time, she made the effort to talk to him. But he was so satisfied with just this imaginary relationship you can have on social、mm-hmm. media, and.、Uh, So I have two questions because of that. This movie won several awards. Yeah, and、uh, we had a screening on Saturday. Yeah, with like all the new parents, incoming parents of、uh-huh. Biola students, and it was packed, and, and they, they loved it. They loved. It. They laughed so It's hard. It's a great. I got、movie. the best reaction like I've gotten in a while.、And、then they asked me questions, and I answered them. Some guy asked me, he's like, "When's the sequel coming?" And I was like, "Sir, if you fund the sequel." <laughs> yeah. So where can people see it?、Um, it's not out yet. We're still in festivals. We just got into the Ojai Film Festival. Which one? Ojai. 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 Uncomfortable. I got a free hotel room to go see, like, go to the festival and everything.、Um, but once we're done, we feel like okay, nobody's biting anymore. Then I'll release it to the public. If you just go on Facebook, like, follow me at John Riscala, then. You can, you can see you can it in the future. Now tell me, what do you、uh, what do you think of social media today? From someone who's twenty one, I mean, what is what is what do you think? Where what is is what's good? What's bad about social media right now? What's bad about social media is that it's obvi- it's obviously an addiction. Like I, I like people. The first thing I do when I wake up is I have to check like what my friends are doing, like see where they're at, see who they're with. Like constantly need to check what other people are doing, and it's also social media is like affecting relationships to where like I think about like future relationships, and I'm thinking about what pictures am I gonna post of them? How am I gonna show off to people、hmm. that I'm in a relationship? How am I gonna make my life look great? Because nobody posts about like the bad things on social media. Right. They don't post about the divorces. They post about the marriages. They post about those those beautiful filtered photos. That that you get jealous from when you like it and likes. Honestly, posting something and getting a lot of likes can make your day. Like on my birthday, I'm not out celebrating with my friends. I'm out checking who is wishing me happy birthday and how、mm. many stories I'm on. 
like it's it's become such a narcissistic thing and like i'm aware of it and like it it almost like stops you from having genuine relationships because there's so many people i've never met that i have a friendship with on social media which is a good part of it but also like kind of bad because we don't have those like little emotional like those nuances that real human connection like it'd be fun if i was on the phone right now like talking to you but it's not the same as me like looking at you you seeing how i'm saying it you see right. my body language me moving my arms like arabs do and like all this stuff it, human connection is the most important and social media is like stopping so, it so you think i mean you're aware that this is the problem and you oh, you're just sure. an average person who through there's people who are extremely more like their oh, entire yeah. life is dependent on oh, it oh yeah i want to make a, i i just got an idea for a film i want to make It's a film about this YouTuber who needs to film everything. Like for example, his family's having dinner at home mm-hmm. and he comes late and he's like, "No, we need to film you guys Start bringing over. the plates. Start over." <laughs> Or he's like having his girlfriend like walk down to film it. And like just show the like problem with that 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 people's lives just need content. Like you need to show everyone. That's like your mom when we're at restaurants. I mean, the plate comes in. I'm ready to take a bite. No, no, let's take a picture of it. Before. Exactly. But mom, I mean, mom. Is, mom's on her phone a lot. I know. I have a problem. And what do you think? Counseling? What do you think? I think. I hope she's I think listening you need to bring to her on the podcast <laughs> and just tell her right to. Her oh face. yeah, this is going to be my best thing. Hey, if I want to say something to my, I'll bring her. I'll, I'll make sure her mic is not working like I did today. <laughs> Thanks a lot for ruining that, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they still heard me though right okay good sweet so, that's so, what you're doing to me yeah. <laughs> ruin their microphone let me tell them what i wanted to tell them for years but uh you know one of the things that's really uh, i think it was interesting like when you You were born, I always say, you had a C-section, of course. You were a C-section boy, and Carol was a C-section, and Tally was C-section. I don't know if your mom was lazy, or you guys were too lazy to come out. It was entitled, like, hey, come get me, I'm not coming out. Yeah, yeah. But Come open the bag and get us. No, my mom has three pockets where she puts her quarters, nickels, and dimes. <laughs> with three C-sections. Yours were the quarters. I was there also. <laughs> I was there. I smelled the burning flesh. I saw you coming out. Oh, why do oh. we have to make this graphic? It's not graphic. Burning flesh? You wanted me to say graphic? I can mention the rest of that. That's fine. Yeah, there was stuff I've never seen before. Well, of course I've never seen before. But anyway, you guys came out and you made it okay. And I was always telling you guys how wonderful you are. I was always encouraging to you guys. Okay. Always encourage you. And now I kind of regret it. I'm like... <laughs> Because you guys have this attitude like we're so good. <laughs> It's like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, I was lying to you guys, but no. Uh, so I don't like it when you talk me up. I don't like it when that you're my walking resume. When you meet people, you say all these achievements, mm-hmm. even though like some of them are true. Like I want you to like, I want to feel like humble. Like I, I don't feel like I've done anything yet that's worth it. Like even though I've won all these awards and like made these films and like I'm doing comedy. Like, I still want to feel like I need to earn it. Like, your approval. Well, see, that's the thing. There's different parents. There's parents who never approve of their kids, regardless of how hard they want them to do their best. They want them to go out of, you know, and they never give them that approval. And there's parents like me, and my dad was the same way. I approve of you. I want you to know, you know what, hey, uh, you know, I approve. Of, and there's moments where I don't. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff you never tell me about, mm-hmm. I never approve of it because I know what you don't tell me is not going to be good. But no, I approve it's because it's not as bad as you think. You know, but then again, you know what? I'm not approving you. Any like, you know, you're a, you were a an honor student. You've done dean list. You finished. You're finishing your university in what three three and a half years? Less than yeah, three, three and a half, half years. Ending in December. And you took summer courses and you did all that. So it's not like you're terrible and i'm lying to you no and your sister's five point in gpa and she's you said you know you and tally is doing great you know I, it's not like i'm lying to you guys yeah. but but i approve you know mom is the balance ma you know your mom is the balance yeah. your mom if you're not really if it's not really good she's not gonna she's tell not me. gonna tell you which you need which is healthy yeah so there was a balance but it's good you you guys want, like i hear about like stories about your mom and like your dad Yeah, my like, mom was I'm very so strict. I'm so thankful that 
Yeah, my mom didn't approve of a lot of stuff. I feel like that's your parenting style came from a avoiding my parents. Yeah, from a juxtaposition of of that. Yeah. Parenting. Right, but was that do you think that hurt you? No. In, it's great. Look, I'm still alive. Yeah. I'm not addicted to anything except my phone. Good. No, that's fine. I'm not, I'm so not drunk what, right now. <laughs> what do you think of Christian universities? What do you think? There's more honest. There's this more is an honest podcast. This is more interesting topics, but I'll talk about Christian universities. Um, it feels like a bubble. Mm. It's it's you don't your faith doesn't really get challenged when you're on a Christian at a Christian university. Because everyone's a Christian. So you're like, oh okay. Well not everyone's a Christian. Not everyone. You, yeah. It makes it seem like everyone's a Christian. Like we we always have to like go to worship nights and things. And like we have Bible classes. And it almost becomes work in a way when it should be like a passion. Hmm. That's very interesting. See, the reason I wanted to put you in a Christian university because personally I felt, you know what, I, I heard so much about those uh, professors and the anti-Christian professors in the secular schools. And I really didn't, I don't know, I didn't feel like I want, I wanted to put you in that place where... Carol, on the other hand, Carol, I'm not saying she's a better Christian, she's not, but she's more solid in the word, in the daily, but no, she, this is, okay, I blew it. Can I, we edit this piece out? Yeah. <laughs> is this live? This is live. Oh. oh, no. But, so, Christian universities think there's a bubble and there's no challenge for you, and they're expensive, they say it's, they're cheap, no, they're not. They're I too, expensive. too expensive. I could have learned all that online. Now you're telling me. But you, don't you think that me having a professor with different beliefs, like, do you think, don't, like, I have professors now that I disagree with at my Christian university. Mm-hmm. Like, more than I would disagree with, with like, the God's Not Dead professor. You know? <laughs> like, I feel like, well, that, that's a wrong statement, of course. Like, they're obviously Christian professors. I obviously agree with them. But, like, I want someone to challenge my ideas. So then I stay hold of my ideas. Like, I feel like I'm such a person who wants to please people to where, like, I'm constantly changing my ideas to, like, fit theirs at you the moment. You took that from even me. Though it's I'm not so exactly... sorry. That's my biggest problem. I'm too people-pleasing. I mean, there's point... There's Of course, there's limits where you can say, well, I'm, I'm not going to step... I'm not going to water down the gospel. I don't care how nice... You know, just yeah. something I was I was doing in my devotion is, like, God doesn't want us to be nice. He wants us to be kind, not yeah. nice, kind. But, yeah, so you feel that same, the same challenge I have. It's like I'm trying to please people to the point where, like, okay, I'll agree with you. Yeah, where this. I don't become different because mm-hmm. I'm so scared of what they're going to think of me. And, and, like, it comes to a point where it's unhealthy because I should stay hold of my ideas. But like, my ideas can easily change. Like, someone can tell me a new fact. That, like, can kind of, like, make me think of it differently. And, like, there's ideas that I'm, like, for sure. Right. I'm going to stick by that. But, like, some ideas, like, I get to a point where I have to argue the ideas and I run out of things. To argue about. Yeah. And I'm so scared of that happening. See, I had the same problem. You you took that from me. But you know what? You need to listen to mom more. Because your mom is, no. This is how it is. And I don't care if you like it or not. I still love you. And people love your mom because yeah. of that. And we think, no, if I disagree with them, they won't like me. But it's we know I got like opposite parents. Yeah. Like, and they come together. Which is good for you guys of for course. the balance. But uh, so uh, I know you went to a public high school. So yeah. it's not like you were in a Christian school. Then we send you to the regular. We you you we did it the other way. You went yeah. to a public school, then you went to a Christian school. Where uh, I don't. What do you recommend for a parent who's right now their kids in high school? They don't. They don't know should they send them to a Christian school, university, or a mm-hmm. secular mainstream? What do you think? I, I was listening to the Chuck and Pam Brewer podcast, yeah. and they said something that was like stood out to me. They were saying you can't force religion on your kid. You have to not religion. You can't force Christianity on your kid. You have to guide them. Right. So if you felt like you've done well, it, I feel like sending your kid to a Christian university is forcing religion on them in mm. a way. I feel like you might as well 
guide them and then see, let them go, let them make their own decisions, let them find their own truths, no matter what situation. Because in December, Dad, I'm going out into the real world. It's not going to matter what university I went to. I'm not going to go out into the Christian world because I went into it. Like, just the Christian world. Like, right. everyone I meet is going to be a Christian. I, like, I'm even going into, like, the, the belly of the beast, like, in Hollywood. Like You are. You, you're in. And see, this is one of the things we always uh, worried about is, uh, okay, I need to turn my phone on. Uh, that, that's the thing that really concerned me. Like, okay, John's going to be a filmmaker. He's going to be in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood, of course, has an agenda. I mean, it's not, they're not like freedom of speech over there. You gotta you either believe in what they do or not. But I feel, I felt like you being in a Christian university for four years or three and a half is really give you more solid foundation, more of like, wow, this is real. Yeah, right. Where it definitely has helped. Subconsciously, it's definitely helped. I hope so. I paid a lot of money. You're good. Don't worry. I won't backslide. Okay. Even though you weren't there. For if the you backslide, you owe me some, like, a couple of years. I do owe you some. Unless Elizabeth Warren becomes president and then... <laughs> you, see, because, yeah, I didn't have long. Do we have any questions from anybody? Yeah, do we have any calls? I'm tired of talking to just my dad. There's people watch. You know you're not. That's actually, what you're here for. Actually, you guys do have a call. Oh, we perfect. Do? Sweet. All right. Go for it. I hope it's not my ex-husband or ex-wife. Or mom. <laughs> Your ex-husband? <laughs> Is that something... No. Shoot. Hey guys, this is Michelle Van Dusen in Oklahoma. Oh, hi Oregon. Michelle, how are hi. you? I'm good. Hey, I'm listening to your conversation right now about Christian university versus public. Perfect. And uh, because your brain is still maturing and growing, your parents made a very wise decision in putting you in a Christian university. Mm-hmm. You know, I I hear that you're saying that you're being challenged or not challenged enough, but yet you just said because you're still pleasing people, you keep changing what you want to do and how you want to respond to them. And so that is one of the main reasons why it's very important that you are in the bubble that you're in. So until, John, that you get situated where you make, this is my decision, I'm going to stick with this, and you're going to continue in that process, then, and only then, should you then go out and um, attack the world like you want to, you know? Mm-hmm. No, you're completely right. I completely agree. Uh, the answer I gave was when my dad asked me for other parents. Because, for example, there is a contrast between me and my sister. My sister's, like, set. Like, she's not, like, she got the mom aspect more than... Yeah, you can't shake her You faith. can't shake her faith. So... Her in a public university is going to thrive. So I think it was a good decision that I went. Like, I'm so happy that I'm at a private university. But I'm saying for in a general sense, yet you, so many people mature at different, like, different rates. Mm-hmm. And I definitely am aware that I need to stick to my ideas and, like, my beliefs. Yeah. And, and especially when I'm in December, when I'm going out into the real world and having to find a job. And everything. Do you have any kids, Michelle? I have four boys. Um, the two oldest ones went to college and then both um, dropped out. And the two younger ones are still in college right now. One is in a public university, the other one's in a private university. Mm-hmm. And um, the youngest one is in the pro- is in the public university. And it's because he still has really good friends that are his core that are also there. That's a good idea, and right. So that's really helpful for him, yeah. And our our other boy, he's studying uh, electrical engineering at uh, Oral Roberts University. And when he went there for the college weekend, he said, yeah, this is where I need to be. And he knew that God wanted him there. And so it's been wonderful watching his growth in Christ and his growth, you know, uh, educational-wise. I mean, he's just off the charts. That is awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for your call, Michelle. I appreciate it. So I have all boys. That's one. <laughs> Sometimes that's easier. So it's it, testosterone coming yeah, from the ceiling. I remember. Estrogen. Yeah. Because uh, John came in. When John came in, he was our first, uh, you know, boy. And we thought, oh, who, who, why people complain about raising kids? Then we had the right. daughters. 
<laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle, for your call. Appreciate it. God bless yep. you. And I love listening to you guys. This is a great conversation, and all parents should be listening to what you guys are saying. I, I wrote another note in there, which I think really um, – so when you guys are talking about the viewpoint, or, or I saw it um, – <laughs> John, when you when you talked about how your dad's approval, like you still feel like you need to earn it, kind of a thing, like he just brags on you all the time. Mm-hmm. I saw that as this is how a lot of us see our viewpoint with God. God is always bragging on us. He loves us, and he just pours out his approval upon us all the time. And yet, as Christians, there's times that we feel like we still need to earn his approval, and we don't. We don't have mm-hmm. to earn his love. And mm-hmm. Just listening to you talk, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys are just amazing. So, Thank you so um, much. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. So God that's, bless you guys. That's a good point. Thank you, Michelle. You well, know, remember when you crashed the car and I bragged? I'm like, I love the way the angle you came in and hit the other car. I'm always approving of everything you do. Right. Yes. So, uh, talking about movies, now that you're a filmmaker, you got to go in the, uh, What do you think of Christian movies? Um, Honestly, I mean... Honestly. I've been, Honestly. I've been honest the whole podcast, Dad. Okay. What do you think of Christian movies? Um, so far. I don't like Christian movies. Why not? I. There are movies... Okay. I can give a little film school lesson. On like, yes. I, I think Passion of the Christ is a great Christian movie. I think Tree of Life by Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick is, a, is a, for a secular audience, but he's a Christian. Mm-hmm. And he's making some of the best cinema like we've seen. I think movies that are say they're faith based are are not doing well. They can they can their art can be so much better because in the end, filmmaking is an art. It's not a platform for a message. You cannot mm. you cannot push it down someone's throat. The message you're trying to say. I love that. It's an art. It's not a platform to share a message. Exactly. And and I feel like faith based movies. Like if okay, I'm gonna say. I want to make a faith-based movie one day, for sure. I think every film, like, has faith themes underlying, even though it's not at the forefront. But I will never call my film a faith-based film, because I want people to see it. Mm. I feel like once you say it's a faith-based film, you lose the audience you want to get to believe in Jesus. You just get the Christians. And I think there's a huge potential for the Christian market, because Christians like movies. Like, all these Christian movies coming out are making so much money, and Hollywood knows that. And they're opening these little sectors of, like, Fox and, like, other other studios that are for faith-based films. And and my thing is, like, I would definitely take a Terrence Malick approach, where where I wouldn't say it's a faith-based film, but it definitely has spiritual themes. Like, what movies did he make that were... He made Tree of Life that was... Very spiritual. That's the that's the first. That's the main one. There's Days of Heaven, which is literally a remake of a parable, not a parable, a story in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's the remake of I think it's Ruth. Oh, it's just okay. a complete remake set in like pioneer the pioneer days, and like it it's definitely like has Christian and spiritual themes. Uh, Passion of the Christ is literally about Jesus, and it's one of the best like faith based mm-hmm. films because Mel Gibson's not just like. And I'm learning this in a class, so I'm, like, repeating my professor. Mel Gibson's, like, actually, like, thinking about his faith in the film. He's not just presenting it to you and be like, look what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He's actually, like, adding things. Like, he's adding Satan in that first scene in the garden. That's not in the Bible, but that's what he's, like, portraying. Because the, dire- the director, it's his worldview in the end. Mm-hmm. And if you're bringing out your personal worldview, that's what makes the film special. That's what makes the film authentic. I'd love to get calls about Christian films. Like, Call us if you have a question. Have about a, if you have an films. argument that Christian films yes. are doing great, I would love to hear that. Because, you know, to me, most of the Christian films I saw, it's, like, it's always about this cop, yeah. and he loses kids. No, it's about the high school football coach. Yeah. That's the worst thing that's happened to him. He loses, he loses the game. <laughs> and then Jesus comes into the picture, boom, they fixed. Win. They win. Yeah, but that's not reality. It's not reality because you say it all the time. You say you say when you're a Christian, you don't you don't just life doesn't just get better. No, it, no, it's not a sales pitch. We use and, and you know people like if you become a Christian, life will get better and everything is good. But I and, you know, to me, it was I always said I used to be 
You know, I used to be like an old car that keeps breaking down. Then the, now that I'm a Christian, I'm that same old car, but I'm married to a mechanic and I have mm-hmm. AAA. Exactly. It was all like, you know, th- problems can still exist and be the same, but the way you look at them is different because of your faith. So, yeah, you're right. They're like they're always trying to convey a message to you. And anyway, if you any calls about film, if you have... If you need a, any question, you want to argue that thought, you want to say, no, Christian films are great. I personally <laughs> think they are getting better, and they will get to a point where they're They are getting better, but huge still, the secular industry is making so much better art right now. They are right now, because, you know, you, and that's why young filmmakers like yourself, I always see, like, your, your ministry will be more of you making a quality film that is honoring to God, but still doesn't have, mm-hmm. like, you know, at the end, they, like, everything is. Yeah. And how do you, I want to know how they make a cop movie with criminals, and there's no cussing. There's <laughs> you need to be real to, to. There's good. There's the Bible good literally criminals. has violence and sex and all this stuff. And then Christian movies, oh, we need to censor all of that. Remember that the, uh, show, The Bible, that was by that, those, that was good. what do you call it, uh. I forgot her name. But uh, Roma Downey. Roma Downey and his stuff. It was too violent to the point. It was like a little too violent for for Christian for audiences, even the Christians, to watch it because it was called the Bible. So I don't think it was violent enough, honestly. People really? love Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino makes the bloodiest movies. Like, didn't I say you shouldn't watch anything? No, I'm just no. But are you, you know censoring what? me? Is that what? Yes, I'm censoring. You're 21. You can do whatever you want. I can't hear cussing. I'm 21. I can't hear cussing. No, it's uh, it's not the cussing. There's some good criminals who don't cuss. Like they open the door. Hey, ma'am, go ahead, and then they shoot her. I don't know. It's just like they're polite. They're gentle people. I don't know. I don't know what. It, you know. So I don't want to just talk about movies. Let's move on. Let's talk oh, about if because you you're call, a filmmaker. I know, but I'm not. I want to. I'm in comedy now, too. Yes, you've done comedy. <laughs> Can we watch some of your comedy right now, and then how we'll much, talk about how comedy? How time do we have? We have, 12, we have time. We don't have to stick to an hour. We can go longer. No, yeah. But let's play one of your shows. This is from a show that you did with me in San Diego last week, mm-hmm. and we had about 2,600 people. And people think that you're a new comic, but you, you first time you were on stage, you were two. Second time you were like in three or four, and I was just in another language. Too. Yes, it was like nah, nah, choice, and and then you've been around the Christian. When I was the president of Christian Comedy Association, where I attend, you'd come to the CCA, and mm-hmm. you're so you've seen comedy. Your timing was already great, so that's why people go, "His timing's great." I could, well, he was born into this. Yesterday, I found a video where I was twelve doing comedy, and it's a whole set, like it's a whole act. There's punchlines, everything, and yes. people are laughing. And timing was great, yeah. And I'm like, I look, I look like I want to bully myself. <laughs> See, that's where I would say, you'd say I would approve of everything. I would not approve of a bad, you know, set. Would you of say course. If you say, oh, that was okay, I would say, no, that was not okay. You have a high standard for art, for, for sure. If I made a bad film, you would tell me. Oh, I will let you know. Exactly. Yeah, but Mallory was great. We have a higher, like, quality. We have a higher, like, I feel like yours could be higher, Your your sense of quality. In some things, but I'm not going to bring that up right now. Cause I no, bring it up. That's why we're here, because that's the last time you're talking to me, buddy. <laughs> you're <laughs> finishing school. The day you finish school, I'm shutting your phone. you got to start your new plan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no. See, that's my Middle Eastern dad. I will do anything for you as long as you're home. You're not married. You're fine. The minute you get married, you better go get yeah. a house. But uh, we're going to play a, a few minutes of your comedy, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll have questions about comedy. So if someone has a question about film, uh, Christian film, call us. We're still here. Yes, please. Go ahead. I feel like I'm at Silicon Valley Fellowship. <laughs> you know, well, a little bit about myself. My name is John. Uh, my parents are from the Middle East, but luckily they came to America a year before I was born, so they gave me number one on American baby names. That's why my name is John. It beat Abdul Rahman. I got, a, I got away with the names, but I didn't get away with some of the characteristics of being an Arab. Like, I have a lot of body hair, kind of looks like the Amazon rainforest. I tried to fix it, I put some nair on it the other day. And it just looked like the Amazon rainforest after the fire. (laughs) There are some things in the the Arab culture that I wish transferred over to America, like arranged marriages. 
Like, I have a hard time dating. I don't want to go out and find my soulmate. I want to know that I'm legally binded to a girl named Fatima. And my family's three goats richer because of it. Like, dating is hard. Like, I have a hard time with the girls at my private Christian university that I go to. I go to a private Christian university. I'm actually graduating in December. Thank you. I'm waiting till my dad makes the last payment before I tell him that I could have learned all this online. I mean, how else did I find the answers to the test? The, the thing with private univer Christian universities and the girls there is uh, they have two extremes. There's no middle ground. You're either, I'm going to marry you after knowing you for a week, or, sorry, I'm in a relationship with Jesus. And so I'm working on that extreme. I'm growing out my hair, growing out my beard. It's like, you have no excuse. I look like him, and I, I cannot sin for a couple hours. You want water, wine? No? I, I mean, I have a hard time dating, you know, and my, my parents think it's their job to find me the girl now. Like, my mom follows the university page on Instagram, and she sends me the pictures of the girls they use for the marketing. She's like, she's pretty, go find her. Find her? <laughs> my mom said we should date. Like that, that's not how it works, mom. We live in America. You have to date on feeling, not by force. <laughs> you guys ever heard of the friend zone? I've been in the friend zone so many times I started paying the electric bill. <laughs> I had a female friend come up and tell me, I want you to be the mate of honor at my wedding. <laughs> not mate of honor, mate of honor. So I'm like, you don't only want to friend zone me now. You want it up on display at your wedding? <laughs> Think about it like this. I'm going to be up there in a pink suit matching with all the other bridesmaids. They're all mad at me because she picked a guy over them. She's like, I'm your, I'm your sister. You picked a guy over me? I'm going to be standing up there behind the groom. We're both crying for different reasons. <laughs> And then I'm going to be at the reception and I'm going to give the speech. That was funny. That was really funny. And I'm not saying that because you're I'm your dad. But that's your material. You mm -hmm. wrote this. This is your life. And, it, and it's really funny. So you, you have, have that. You've helped me with like little lines. Little lines. Mo no, no. It's your act. Some people think if their kid is there, they're giving them like parts of their act. No. I, uh, uh, but that... So... How do you feel when you're on stage? Where, where do you think, like, okay, as a, a as a filmmaker, I know your films are really good, and you're really, like, you're very, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you, when you have a movie shooting and stuff, your whole focus is on the on the script and on every, you want everything perfect. You're a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. on stage. How, I could be better What? perfectionist. I could be more of a perfectionist. You, but you are. You always yeah. want to make sure everything, the angles, everything is perfect. Of course, as every director. How do you relay that to comedy? How do you do that with comedy? Do you think that's a, with comedy is that a big deal, or is just doing comedy as a platform for a future? No, comedy is definitely it's fun because I'm addicted to hearing people laugh. Like even in my daily conversations, like I'm realizing that comedy is just me. Like the other day, I'm having a conversation and I'm on my notes app writing down what I'm saying. Just because I know that I can make money off of that, what I just said. If you're a comedian, that's a great advice. Do this. You, whenever you say something funny, write, write it down, yeah. And and me starting doing comedy has, made, has gained me another level of appreciation for you because it's so much harder than it looks. Like, I, I feel like I was kind of foolish going and being like, well, I obviously, like, grew into it, grew up into it. Like, it's not as hard as it is for other people. Right. Because, like, I was raised around it. It's the family business. But you were always like, you always say, Dad, you're so good, you can be in the mainstream all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. And of course. I, and I kept, and my biggest challenge was to, to let you know, I had that. I could have had that. I, I, I can if I wanted to, but I want to be able to use my comedy to reach people for Jesus or to do when I can I want to do that so that's that's what always our challenge but I know you you appreciate it but so if you have the choice between say hey John you can 
You can be either a film director or a comedian, and you can be successful at both. Which one would you pick? That's a hard question. I really? I, I felt both. it. I paid four years of college for you not to be a comedian. I could have. Why don't we put them together? I'll be a com comedy actor. You would you make funny films? Yeah, but they wouldn't be like comedies. They'd be hilarious throughout. But not comedy. But not like, you know, your romantic comedies. You're, you're like, it's just made to be funny. Like, there's definitely, I'd definitely be dealing with an issue up on the film. Mm. So what are you, what is your encouragement to a high school kid that's going to college right now? Keep, oh, in film or just? Every, college. And Everything? just as a 21 year old who's just almost done, you're graduating in December. You're. What do you, what do you tell What do you tell them? Um, I will tell them. Take your time. Don't feel like you're. Don't feel like you need to be rushed into finding what you want to do because in 10 years there's going to be so many jobs that we don't even know exist yet. Mm. And don't be too worried. Just go with the flow. Don't say no a lot. Well, obviously say no to drugs. But don't say no to, like, big opportunities. Like, and don't say no to experiences. Like, don't stay at home and just, like, don't, like, close yourself in. Mm. Like, if someone, like, wants to see you and hang out with you, go do that. Because that's what matters more. Like, the, like being with people. That's, right. In the end, that's the most important thing. And from those experiences, you can get inspired. So when you are alone writing your scripts or like r making your art, who inspires you? Other than me, of course, of um, course. No. What? Was there people that you looked up to and you were like, "I'm inspired by them"? Oh, of course. There's so many. There's so many people that like mainly because they do so many things, like Childish Gambino. That's the basic thing. I really inspired by Kanye West. Especially now that he's a yeah. Christian. What do you think of that? Oh, I love it. I, He's like, you can ask anyone. He's been my favorite like musical artist like for a while. Oh, I know. You and Carol. I mean, even though no, I was me against. More, me more yeah. than Carol. Carol was not a fan until like a week ago when he became a Christian. Because she wouldn't. <laughs> hey, guys, I know we only have two minutes, but you do have one more caller. Oh, you oh, do. Sweet. Bring him Let's on. Let's do it. I want to talk about. Hello? Who are we talking to? Hello? Thank oh hi, this is hi, this is Chris in San Francisco. Hello, Chris from San Francisco. How are you? Wonderful. I just I know you have a short amount of time. So no, 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 we don't. We oh, don't I... have to close in an hour. This is a podcast. I can go all night. Go ahead. Well, great. Let me slow down. I'll, I'll slow down. <laughs> Take your time. I was wondering. <laughs> anyway, um, question for your son. Go ahead. I'm I'm going back to college. I'm going to a city college. I'm 63. I'm going to be a freshman, and I'm taking some public speaking courses. I'm taking some uh, digital filmmaking courses. Can you steer me in the right direction as an old man, what I should look for and what I should avoid to learn the craft? What's your final goal? My final goal is to take To comedy. stay alive. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> No, no, the final goal is to make the football team. My final goal <laughs> is to take is to take comedy short comedy bits yeah. and use them to make people laugh and be happy and inspired. You know, I want to do three to five ten minute maximum things mm -hmm. for the internet. That's perfect. Because we're in an age where attention spans are so much lower. That like those what? things. We're in an age where attention spans. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm that was a joke. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so I think every caller is just so serious. What's your advice for Chris? My advice is don't get too technical. Don't think too much about the cameras. Don't think too much about um, about uh, like the lighting and everything. Think more about the story because the, everyone, at, not everyone, most people at my school just care about like how it's going to look in the end. They fail to like focus on the story and what it's trying to say. In the end, you can shoot a film on a phone, and if it has authenticity and like resonance and has a story that is being told that like inspires you and like connects to you, that's more important than anything. It could be blurry the whole time, but if you can see what's happening and like get something from it, right. then that's all that matters. That's a good advice. So the, the, the story.
story is the king still, right? The story mm-hmm. is the king. Exactly. And, I, and I've, I've failed at thinking of that sometimes, and it just comes back to bite me. And the story is the king. Wow. Like, and and uh, also, how much does your dad get on commission for your gigs? Is he is he your agent or? Uh, he's not my agent. We're in two different markets. I, I tried. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm trying to get my money back for the college, but that he, he gives me my highest paying gigs. I'll give him that. Yeah. And and by awesome. gigs, I mean he just like covers a car payment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Chris, for well, your th- call, th- man. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for that good advice, and um, I'll see you around campus. Yeah, okay. see you. <laughs> come visit. Remember, make sure your parents drop you off because college parking is very expensive. <laughs> awesome. So we were back. Uh, you're talking about encouraging. Yeah, yeah I want to talk about my film. This Yes, uh, yes. There's a film coming out. I don't know how you're not... Like marketing this because this is big for you. Because you told me I always keep bragging about you. No, no, no. I told you just now. You you could have ha- have been. We're literally making a biopic of you. And I'm going to play you. Uh-huh. And this Saturday we're shooting at the Hollywood Improv. Okay. At 9.30 a.m. 9.30 in the morning. Listen, people. If you are in the L.A. Hollywood area or close to it and you want to be in the film free comedy show it's a free comedy show so you can get to be in the audience and you'll uh, be Naz- in Naz's biopic Naz's biopic I'm not in it but I will be there just to make sure he's being a good biopic of me exactly but it's a story of uh, should it, we tell I, the story yeah I realized that I want to I was like it's my last semester I need to tell the story that I've, I'm dying not dying to tell that only I can tell and it's the story of my dad and how it's more about his beginning years of comedy, and it's kind of based, it's loosely based, because your parents weren't as, like, harsh as yeah. this story, yeah. but the comedian who's played by me, his name's Habib, and he starts doing comedy again without his parents knowing, and then when his parents know, things go wrong. I'm not going to give away the whole thing. Right, but it's uh, shooting at the uh, Merrill's Improv, one mm-hmm. of the top comedy clubs in the country, and they're shooting there, and their whole crew will be there. So, please, if you want to help a young director, and you can say one day, hey, well, you know, I was, you know, I helped him out. I was in the audience. I did extra work mm-hmm. with it. Uh, please go there at 9.30 in the morning this coming Saturday, and uh, really, it will be great. It will be kind of you to do that. John, thank you so much for being in there. We'll continue the conversation in the car and at home and, and you know, like, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely will have you back because this is the most we talked an hour together. Me, yeah, I'm going to have Maha next it's week. Like and then a, it's Tally, like being at a coffee and shop and we're talking and then people are coming up and like giving their advice. On yeah. <laughs> but this is the most with no distraction. Like you weren't on your phone. Normally you're like, I have to text you. I said, okay, I'm still talking to you. Yeah. Look up. Uh, but that's, that's nice. So thank you for being on the show. I pray that, you know, people will show up to, to be in the taping for this Saturday. Also, uh, pray for the fire to stop. I know it's very close to Carol's UCLA. So pray that this, you know, the fire will stop also. This Saturday, I want to ask you, I want to challenge you, and please let me know if you're listening and you're wanting to do it. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to send a newsletter. Um, last time we did the laughter for old in San Diego last week. The only thing we did different that made it a huge success is I asked people to fast and pray for the, for this show. And out of 2,615 people stood up and said they're committing to share Jesus with others. I would ask you, I would beg you to fast and pray one day this next week before Saturday. Keep the event in prayer at the Bel Air. Los Angeles needs Jesus. They need hope. They need to laugh. And it's going to be at the Bel Air Press, 6 p.m. on Saturday, this coming Saturday. If you want to get your tickets, because it's a free event, but you need to get your tickets, go to laughterforall.org, laughterforall.org, and you can get your free ticket, and, uh, and you know, let us know that you're coming to the event. You invite friends, because at the end of the comedy, we're going to share the gospel. Melody Noel, it's amazing. 
amazing artist, songwriter from influenced with influenced music. She's going to be doing the music. Also, comedian Carrie Pomerale. I've had her on the show. Very funny. Ladies, it's your night out. It's ladies' night out. Come on out. Mom's night out. Come on out and just come enjoy. Enjoy the Kair comedy. I'm going to be doing comedy. After an hour, I will, I'll get to share the good news of Jesus. So if you have friends or neighbors or someone that you normally you know, wouldn't come to church with you or wouldn't, doesn't want to hear about it. Well, they would come to a comedy night. We know that from experience and they would get to, to hear the good news and respond to it. So this is a, I'm going to, ch- you know, ask you to fast and pray. If you're going to fast with us or pray, just send me an email on my Facebook, Comedian Nazareth. Just message me on Comedian Nazareth or go to our website. Uh, you know, NazarethUSA.com and just uh, send me an email or something. I would love to hear from you and to be encouraged by by you for doing that. I want to thank you guys for being with us on the, this podcast. Can you, you know, if you don't, if you, you know, you can, um, what do you call it? You can subscribe to the podcast on those, everyone from iTunes and others. Mm-hmm. We'd love you to tell your friends about it. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Instagram and Facebook under Comedian Nazareth, Twitter under Nazman, and also if you uh, and enjoy some videos, YouTube, Comedian Nazareth TV. I was on Dry Bar this last few weeks and over almost a million, million views that we had uh, watching. So until next time, may the Lord bless you, guide you, and shine his face upon you, and give you wisdom. Keep on laughing. It's good for your face. You don't need plastic surgery. The more you laugh, the more the muscles on your face will will tighten and you look good. Thank you, love you, and God bless you.